buckle up bitches here we go again um got a few things on my mind to talk about this time around so here we go Where do I begin with this clusterfuck of a world? People buying every last possible toilet roll off the shelf, but ignoring the food that's required to make the product that's required to require toilet roll. Um, Everybody freaking out about a virus that doesn't cause diarrhea or stomach upsets or what have you. So... That one is still so far beyond me, the whole toilet roll thing. Um, People placing their priorities in the wrong place, I think. Um, Yeah, the the panic buying in general and the um, social media and general media hysteria behind something that, as far as I can tell, has already been around, done the traps at least once or twice, um, isn't as... Uh, dangerous as the common flu, influenza, virus, viruses. I think uh, there's no such thing as a common influenza strain. I think it's multiples, but obviously this one's a, another version of. But um, yeah, this thing hasn't got the runs on the board yet, and I don't want to be flippant about it because I think I think this thing could really do some a bit of damage but from what we can see so far it's the the very old and frail and compromised uh, and I don't want them going before their time but um, everybody else is absolutely peeking out over craziness um, we've got in Australia we've got our Prime Minister saying uh, the schools are open then we've got the state saying the schools are shut I have no idea what the hell is going on nobody does um, there's uh, all these people having to be self-quarantined and I'll really get to that where that affects me shortly and working from home and now blowing out the, the internet uh, just because there's so many people suddenly using it from home as opposed to work and people panicking when someone coughs within 80 feet of them and it's just crazy uh flights getting cancelled everywhere boats filled with sickly people just getting deposited on uh the dock lands of various places and letting run wild and it's just there's so many different angles this i don't even know what's right anymore um i've got my opinions and my views on it not necessarily right but it's I just don't get it and I think certainly currently in Australia in terms of the amount of people that have contracted it that's known versus deaths I think you've got a 0.005% chance of dying from this stuff um, at the moment and yes I do think those figures will climb a bit but um, as we've seen elsewhere in the world a lot of this stuff that's that I won't say it's peaked yet, but it's got to its three, four, five thousand people, and then now it's slowing down, and people are recovering from it, and it's business as usual, and there's not more people getting infected, and 
I don't know. I think Storm in a teacup to a degree. Uh, I'm not personally too worried about catching it. I've been in uh, certain compromised positions in terms of uh, travel and contact with unknown people and things like that just recently. Um, that means I could be a at-risk person. Uh, currently, I'm uh, in self-quarantine. Uh, the reason you hear me driving is, well, rambling from the road, so where else was I going to record it? But seriously, I, uh, I'm not in contact with anybody, so I've driven way out in the middle of nowhere and jumped on my mountain bike and ridden around with all the kangaroos and wallabies and blue tongue lizards and echidnas and wombats and snakes and everything else that's out floating around with me who really aren't concerned whether I do or don't carry this silly virus. Um, and now I'm driving home, so hence why you're hearing that business. Um, yeah, it's definitely been an absolute trying time for so many people. Um, I think we've brought a lot of this on ourselves and maybe there's some good to be out of it. Uh, I hear Venice for the first time in many, many, many years, uh, a lot of people's memories, uh, has clean water in the canals and fish in it. So that's got to be a bonus, hasn't it? But there's so much more to this. I don't know where to start or finish with the whole idea, but it's definitely something pretty evil uh, in some people's eyes and a storm in a teacup in other people's eyes and somewhere in between lies the truth. So that leads me to my latest saga. Uh, the one thing that I've been planning basically for the whole year uh, and looking forward to and being a part of and teammates with and the Cape Epic uh, race over in South Africa. Well, wasn't that a clusterfuck? So, Let's see if I can get this into semi-abbreviated version. Um, took off fine, got all my bags checked in, got all my connecting flights, um, got three quarters of the way to my destination, which was Cape Town. I got as far as Johannesburg, so into South Africa where I have to grab my um, baggage to check it in because I'm basically coming from an international flight into a domestic flight, so pull it off the international flight and naturally, the baggage isn't there. I don't have all of my essential stuff I need, um, but at that stage, not really thinking about it. It was, it was what it was. So, um, as this all worked out, um, it was about the same sort of time that this coronavirus business was really starting to kick off. And people were freaking out about traveling, hand sanitizers and um, masks and all this sort of jazz, which is, you know, take your precautions, fair enough. Um, I've always been nervous sitting in a, a plane, uh, which is basically a sealed, tube of air that just gets recirculated with 
whoever's coughing at the very front of the plane that's probably going to go through all the filters and all the crap and still going to wind up somewhere near the back but what do you do so that's just general travel and it makes sense that you kind of keep to yourself and you don't you know share straws with anybody or drinks or food or you don't let people cough on you you don't cough on them back you don't lean on people so on and so forth pretty straightforward really so this whole coronavirus thing was just kicking off a week before I took off and uh, people were starting to get a little bit panicky which is fair enough but um, at that stage there was I think Australia might have had 50 cases or 80 cases and there were a couple of people hospitalized and that was about it um, didn't look too dire uh, I do believe that we lost a couple of people of age um, that had come in uh, internationals that have been on cruises and stuff like that and yeah sadly they lost their lives but I, I won't say their time was up but they were probably in that realm anyway so something was bound to get them um, sad but true so uh, rewind back to Johannesburg um, I walk in and the yeah, the airports, for the most part, all the way across, were effectively empty. Even my flight across, I managed to get four seats wide where I could stretch out and have a proper sleep, which was kind of cool. Um, going into Johannesburg, they had a little thermal reader thing to check your forehead temperature to basically say whether you had a um, any sort of temperature that would warn them. And that was it. Go in, passport stamped, welcome to South Africa and that was it yeah so about that time standing around the carousel with uh two ladies from england that waiting for their bags their bags got lost too mine was lost anyway uh went to chase it and say where's my damn bag and it was still sitting on the in the airport in sydney they'd just forgotten to pack it morons so i said to them well i can't do anything without it chase the damn thing up get it to me as quick as I can, here's all my dresses. Went to the hotel, checked in uh, a bit after midnight, which put me on to Friday the 13th, and I probably should have known. It was all tits up from there. So, uh, had an okay sleep, woke up that next morning and got my way into Cape Town. Uh, had a very cool Uber ride in. I uh, thought that was a good sign. Um, me and my tiny little bag of kind of necessity so uh, they told me my bag was going to be at least 24 hours to get to me so I had to go out and buy some more toiletries and another couple of t-shirts and some underwear and socks and whatever and just to get me by and then bought some food went back to the place I was staying and all good so uh, that night I started to feel a little bit average because almost feel like I'm ruminating in the, the clothes that I was wearing for the, the past 24 hours but went to the event launch where uh, the officials and the um, supporters and volunteers which would be me um, were to get our accreditation and then we we're gonna have some drinks meet the teams then some of the riders would come down and they'd, they'd have a, a party where basically everybody mingled for a bit and we all got psyched and the next day was going to be 
uh, us signing the the riders on and getting their kit and so on and so forth, uh, their, their spares off them for the day after's first stage, the prologue. So had a few drinks, had a few laughs, met the team, and I was pretty tired after all the mucking around, and I really didn't feel like being sociable, not having my bag, and I was worried about those little details. So I decided to walk home at about half past six in the evening, or home back to the place I was staying. And by the time I got there, which would have been 10 past seven, by the time I was actually in the door and settled, my phone had gone ballistic with messages, which I thought was weird. So I put everything down and grabbed a drink and sat back to catch up on what was happening. And that was it, the whole event, uh, the massive, eight-day world's biggest mountain bike race, uh, supporters, racers, organizers, uh, sponsors, volunteers, fans, family, everybody canned. That was it, done. Um, so the long and the short of it was uh, this coronavirus that scared the absolute daylights out of everybody and the Western Cape uh, Council, as it were, said nope kind of groups of more than 100 uh, congregating together and I think if with a rough bit of maths uh, there's about three and a half four thousand people on course um, when the race is on so that wasn't going to work and I thought it was strange that we hadn't heard anything before and not a murmur but obviously these the guys that do this race they they put it on to, to do the race they want to get it done we all want to get it done uh, there's a lot of money in it too. Um, they hadn't heard anything in the lead up to make them think it was gonna get canceled until literally the last minute of the last hour of, of what have you. So in a, in a blink of an eye, that was it. So I basically sat on my bed and went, well, that's fucked everything. What do I do now? Um, so, and sat around and had a little hissy fit and then had some sympathy chocolate or something or other and went to sleep on it and just went, I'll wake up in the morning and it'll all be a bad dream, but sure enough. So it wasn't. We, we had a bit of a gathering at a couple of points where I caught up with some of my teammates um, just to go, holy shit, can you believe this? But glad to see you all and let's get on with it. Um, and none of us really knew where we stood in terms of uh, the monies paid to be a volunteer, our team kit that we got given, did we have to give that back? Did we get our guaranteed entries if we wanted to race next year, which was my biggest concern, um, stuff like that. Let alone the poor bastards that have flown from all over the world to race with bikes and spares and thousands of dollars of uh, extra equipment and nutrition and the entry fee alone and all the other just absolute logistical nightmare so I sort of gave up what being sad for myself and thought about those poor buggers and I guess it was the everybody chalked it up initially as a sign of the times with this silly virus thing and everything that was going on and Everybody just turned, turned tail and ran. Some people decided that they'd stay and, and ride some of the courses, some of the uh, 
way it works in South Africa, a lot of the, the uh, landowners where the course has been going through, uh, you have to normally pay to go in and they left the courses open. If you want to go out and ride on the trails, knock yourself out. So some people did that. And as Lars Foster will uh, testify, he nearly knocked himself out literally. So uh, if you catch up on Nino Scherter and Lars Foster on their Instagram, uh, for around about uh, a week and a half ago, the, the middle of March, you will find out that Lars had a little bit of a mistake on his first day away from the race. Banged his head pretty well. But um, anyway, so that was that. So the next step obviously was getting home early because what's the point in staying around for another couple of weeks? It, and. I thought we'll see it out till the week, the end of the week, uh, the weekend, and then I can start organising with my travel agent back in Australia to get me home, because not much else could be done. She was effectively gone home over the weekend and not working, so I thought I'd go and see some sites. But more and more, everything was getting shut down. You couldn't. A lot of the museums and the tourist areas and were just gone. And um, to top it all off, there was a huge bushfire on Table Mountain that went across the lion's head and it got very close to the, um, the world-renowned cable car setup that they've got there so um, it was an absolutely insane day the wind was just blowing everything sideways and fanning this fire it was just a mess so I've traveled 10 12,000 kilometers whatever it is away from Australia to get away from the bushfires and all the wreckage we've had and then we run into South Africa and their bushfires. Yeah, you couldn't write a script like this. So anyway, I, the next day when it all calmed down and the fire had been basically extinguished, I thought, well, I'll walk up to cable the cable car and go up the top of Table Mountain and do the tourist thing. But uh, got about three quarters of the way up and noticed that the uh, the road leading up to it was very, very quiet. And then I realized where the fire was, had knocked down a bunch of trees at the bottom of the road and they weren't letting anybody through. So the cable car was shut because nobody was coming up the hill. So walk back down the hill and that's a monster of a hill, just quietly. Um, did as much as I could. Um, in town, I went and had some coffees and visited the local specialized shop there, Revolution Cycles, who are a really good bunch of guys, and went to sleep again. Um, and in amongst all this, I've had to um, move Airbnbs because I wasn't supposed to be in Cape Town at that stage. I should have been out on course. Um, so, and uh, right at last minute, three days later, my bag finally shows up. Um, Virgin and South African Airlines aren't really my favorite people at that point in time but um, I've got my bag so at least I'm self-sufficient from there on in so moved the Airbnb to another one that I had to find on the spot which would do the job right next to a super loud bar and a crazy strip where there's lots of food and nightlife that turns out that was a bit of a, a bit of a loud place but what do you do and um, so anyway next day wake up and clear day again i thought right we'll have another shot at this uh cable cart thing before i can find and at this stage my that's my sunday so monday in australia and my um 
travel agent is working her absolute backside off to try and get me home and it's turning into a nightmare back in Australia. There's flights getting cancelled, there's shutdowns, there's talk of shutting borders in general and it's it's getting harder and harder and harder and they're, they're reducing the time that you can take to actually book a ticket to, to when you have to travel and she's trying to get all this stuff through so I think right day off I'll go up and do the cable mountain again and get to there and sure enough it's shut down permanently now because of the coronavirus and people gathering whatever so that's not happening so I've pretty much given up on anything tourist-like in Cape Town because there's just no point everything's basically shut um, and getting worse so I think that's about that and get a hold of my uh, travel agent who's working miracles and finally manages to secure a flight out um, instead of it's usually about a 24-hour trip all up the transfers maybe a little bit less depending on what you're doing um, but she's managed to get me home in what will be a 48 hour trip or thereabouts but I could care less and that will do so I told her sign me up and thankfully Virgin do a super nice thing and actually don't charge me a single cent for it which is really really good um, so at this stage I don't actually realize that it's the last plane going to Australia out of South Africa um, and I get to the airport and it's mayhem um, rather than being quiet like what it has been it's absolutely pumping and it's people just trying to get to wherever they're going as quick as they can and um, it's a mess basically and finally get onto the plane which is good there's, there's a lot of touch and go getting through quarantine and customs and what have you and then I find out basically how lucky I am. Get on the plane and just get my ass home. And thankfully, my bag did make it all the way back, which was a bit of a win. But I was exhausted by the time I got off. Um, just before I leave um, Cape Town, I find out that when I get back, I have to do a mandatory 14-day quarantine uh, at home. Self-isolation or something, I think they call it now and just in case you know i've caught this off somebody on the way or somewhere and it hasn't manifested itself fair enough i don't want to go back to work and get everybody sick either um so today is day four of this self-isolation business um i'm certainly not feeling sick in any way um i feel quite good actually i've been out on the bike uh, every day uh, on the road bike, on the mountain bike, and just enjoying it. And yeah, I've still got another 10 days left before I can get back to work. So, um, but since me arriving back, uh, they've shut the, um, the borders and they've just basically made it impossible for people to travel at all. Um, people coming in coming out um, it's just not great um, and there's more businesses getting shut gatherings getting shut down to nothing you can't even do funerals or weddings where well, you can but with the, the tightest of caveats and 
it's just a mess and it's getting worse and worse and worse and people all around the world are being there's certain countries where they're the whole country is getting quarantined everybody's being sent home work from home or um, don't work at all i think two days ago there was about eighty thousand people laid off in one day that all had to show up to the local uh, job office and apparently there's another they reckon there'll be up to another two to three hundred thousand more up to a million so the, yeah, this is just an absolute clusterfuck it's a mess um, in amongst it all I'm kind of happy that I've got my health I've got my bikes I've got my home I've got a job to go back to which is good uh, one that I love, the, the new job that I've only just started, which is, they've been very understanding. This extra week it's taken me, whilst I came home a week early, being the quarantine, that's added a week extra to my time. So there's that too. Uh, cycling races all around the world have been stopped. MotoGP has been stopped. Football, um, just, there's been some lunacy in, in the calls of, what we can and can't do but for the most part it's everything's just getting put on hold and I think it's going to take many many months if not years to, to bounce back from this but we'll just have to see how it goes I guess so that's where I'm at um, I'm sure I'll do another one of these as I go because I've got time up my sleeve and I'll be driving or riding to trails so um, yeah, if you're out there, I suppose it's the same as everybody. Get enough of the good foods into you and vitamins and fluids. Wash your hands. Don't cough on anybody. Don't get coughed on by anybody. Don't hang out in big groups of people you don't know. In fact, don't hang out in big groups full stop if you're believing everything they tell you. Uh, if you've got any thoughts on this stuff to make this whole transition to almost quarantined life easier, let me know. Um, I've just got myself a stationary trainer for home, that will help too. But um, yeah, this is probably gonna get a little long in the tooth in a fairly short space of time. Hey all, I've been a little bit uh, preoccupied, as suppose, I suppose actually most people in this world have been with this whole coronavirus craziness. Um, it's, God, it's been all-encompassing. Um, everyone's also sick of hearing about it, so I should probably nearly wrap up with this. But um, I think... I hope, I pray, we're getting to the end of this business. Certainly in Australia, it looks like it's, um, what's the word? I think they're calling it flattening the curve at the moment. Um, I think we've nearly flattened the curve. So what's happening now, and uh, depending on where you are in the world, um, will depend on um, whether this makes absolutely any sense or not. But um, I think, right. I'm guessing that we're almost coming out the other side of this business and now people are talking about um, lifting the bans and the restrictions and the um, quarantine stuff and stuff like that, that sort of idea um, sooner rather than later to which 
pretty much everyone to a man, woman, and child has gone, whoa, easy up there, Tonto. And um, I think nobody wants anybody jumping the gun too quickly to lift any of this business in the off chance this fucker has version 2.0 up its sleeves and it comes back with a vengeance or we uh, undo all the good work or what have you, which I completely agree with because this has been a bitch, honestly, Um, and nobody wants this thing to hang around any longer than what it has. I don't know if it's going to die a normal death of its own accord or they're going to find a um, a new take-home pack spray or a pill or something where somebody goes, oh, I've got coronavirus and they go to the chemist and fix it, which would be ideal. It'd be nice if it just wasn't here at all. Um, but until we, we're at that point where we can deal with this thing in a very simplistic way, uh, I think we probably need to tread a little bit lightly. So one of the issues I've had is... I love my friends and my family, and when I see somebody, I like to shake their hand or give them a hug or a kiss in the cheek or a high five or a whatever it might be, and nobody's allowed to do that at the moment. Jeez, you can't even get close to people you know are safe and or you think you know are safe and happy and well because there's a chance they're not and they don't even know it. So um I think our version of normal coming out the other side is going to be so much weirder, as I've mentioned before. Um, One of the things, I can't remember if I said this before because it's been a a week or two since I've put anything down, um, that the roads, to me, as a cyclist who, and I I ride all sorts of bikes, I ride road, I ride off-road, everything in between motorbikes and cars and everything um the roads to me feel like they did back in the early or mid 80s where lack of volume in terms of the amount of people on the road um there's, there's definitely a whole lot less everybody for the most part not completely seems to be driving a little bit nicer a little bit more courteous uh, also because the police are being absolute jerks and for the most part and booking anything that moves uh, for any reason that they can uh, especially in Victoria, but that's a whole nother story. Um, yeah, it's it's a bizarre feeling that I, I went for a road ride the other day, did uh, on my push bike, did about 100 kilometres of riding, uh, 60 miles if you like, and I think I counted 13 or 14 cars, which on the ride and the route that I did, you'd count that normally in about the first 10 to 15 minutes of a ride, not three hours. So, yeah, that's um, a little bit on the bizarre side out there. And I, I found myself uh, noticing pretty much every car that went past would the person, because I was now a novelty to them that they just hadn't seen living form, I think, for how many kilometres they'd been driving. And so I'd get a wave or a nod or a polite something from road users, which as a cyclist for the last 10 or 15 years, you just don't get. So it's kind of nice. It's kind of weird, but it's kind of nice. So there's an upshot to all this business. I don't know. I've been trying to find the positives in it. Um, There are relatively few, but... um, 
less road users is definitely one. Another thing is I think everybody sort of appreciates family and friends a bit more now. And I think when we get out the other side, there's there's going to be a lot more uh, appreciation. I hope we don't forget it too quick. I hope we don't just go back to our old ways. Um, one of the – somebody sent me through a photo from – oh, God. And I, I'll mess it up. It was – Nepal or possibly India, I think it might have been India, um, where because so many people are inside and quarantined and what have you, the air pollution has dropped so far that in everybody's memory uh, that lived in this particular area, they nobody, even the older people, could remember seeing the Himalayas. I think it was a huge mountain range. Um, that was clearly way, way off in the distance, but you could see from this city. Nobody has ever seen, even knew the bloody, well, I suppose on the map, they didn't even know the bloody mountains were there. They certainly had never seen them. And now you could, clear as a bell. Uh, I think I've sighted the fish swimming in the nice uh, clean water of Venice, which hasn't been seen for decades, apparently. there are more people outside now exercising than I've seen in I, I don't know how long. Uh, people are placing a priority on their time and their, their health and yeah, maybe we have need to take this step backwards to really take a step forwards. Um, it, it's funny, it's not that I'm a big um, global advocate for what's going on, but uh, before it happened, but I've always said everybody needs to get out and exercise more and appreciate the neighbours and their community more. And uh, and yeah, some uh, somebody pointed out the other day and said, um, you know, what what could we do to stop pollution and clear the airs and uh, stop overuse of this, that, and the other, and um, you know, make us all aware again. And then Mother Earth says, here, hold my beer, (laughs) and drops this bad boy on us. So, yeah, um, maybe there is some, I I think there's going to be some very good upsides to all of this when we get to the other side of all of this. So, and like I said, I think Australia's well on the way to being on the other side of all of this. I don't think we've got far to go until we can start living a little bit more normally i just hope we don't revert all the way back but um and for me i think uh, i'll know that i feel a bit more normal once i can start going to races and riding bikes with groups of people again and going for a drive in my car and not worrying that i'm breaking some social distancing or um stay at home rules or what have you um things like that but for the most part and hey change my mind Um, tell me what you think I'm curious I'm always curious but yeah this one I don't we haven't had changes like this since some of the wars and stuff like that so yeah I'm just trying to look for the positives Pretty sure everybody's sick to death about the COVID-19 uh, virus uh, 
issue, everything's going on. So I'm going to wrap this sucker up here and get back to the normally uh, upbeat and happy thoughts, ramblings that I have as we go um, for the next ep. So take care of you out there and together we can beat this crap onwards and upwards.